This is the Rejoicing in the Word podcast coming to you from the capital region of the Susquehanna Valley. My name is Josh Hamilton. I'm here today with Pastor Brandon Starnes, and we are on the final episode for season three, episode number 39. And we want to thank you for coming back and joining with us here for the last episode of season three. Before we get into it, I just want to go over here. Our Facebook page can be found at svbcpa.org forward slash rwmin. Message us, let us know what you thought about season three. Uh, Keep us informed on what you'd be interested in hearing about in future seasons. We have season four coming up, and uh, we want to know if you'd like us to consider a certain topic or not. Share the podcast, share the Facebook page, uh, Rejoicing in the Word Facebook page there. Like us for the quickest updates that are put out. There's verses, there's quotes, and different things that come up on the feed there. Also, the blog, Rejoicing in the Word blog, can be found at svbcpa.org forward slash rwblog, and then the podcast, the direct links for it, are found at svbcpa.org forward slash rwpod. And we're available on all major podcast platforms, and so please share us with a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker, a family member, and we'll be grateful for that. But we're getting into the final episode, season three. And we're going to be looking at how to have peace, but more than just how to have peace, how to have peace and keep it. You know, it's hard to believe that we're right at the conclusion of season three. That means that by the time this airs, we'll we'll have had, what is it, 39 or so episodes of the span of those three years. We average about 10 to 12 a year, or 10 to 12 a season, I should say. And it has been just an enjoyable time. We thank you for all those that have... Uh, sit down or maybe even more than just sitting down have just come alongside as they're performing various and daily tasks and we pray that we've been an encouragement and a blessing to you and your walk with God and that would be if that's the case that would be a high mark it'd be a great source of encouragement to us and this this season we've really focused on the mind not that gray matter not that central nervous system as it was but rather impart that inner man. And, you know, we kind of started off with our first one, what is the mind? Uh, And then uh, what's wrong with your mind? And we found in episode two that really the mind is broken. Uh, We're not talking about an injury or something like that. We're talking about the fact that uh, our mind and how we process and think and how we desire are not the same thing as how God thinks and how God looks at matters. And we've moved down through uh, the importance of biblical meditation, some of the enemies of the mind that are present, uh, the order of life which is directed from the the inner man, the troubles of the mind. Uh, Last week, uh, we focused in on the single greatest aid that you can have in a victorious mind, and that, of course, uh, was a singleness of heart. And so now we're coming to the wrap-up portion where how to have peace and keep it. And that indeed is an important thing uh, to note, and that is uh, to have the peace. And in today's world that we live, it is worth taking a moment to understanding the distinction that exists between the peace of of biblical issuance and the peace of society. Mm -hmm. Now, when you think about the peace of society that we extend in the world today, peace is really the absence of conflict. Yeah, smooth water, smooth sailing. Yes, so you know, if, if trouble's not coming, then it's a time of peace. And for the believer, that's not the case. Um, You know, uh, sometimes it can feel that 
in life, we're the ball in a ping in a, a pinball machine, and we're being thumped to and fro and just banging off of each different obstacle, and just really hoping to stay in a comfort zone. And 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 that is a rough place of consideration. That's a place of turmoil. That's a place of distress. Yet uniquely, and sometimes even because of the will of God, the life of a believer can have some added turmoil. It can have some added conflict, as we'll see. But yet God has promised his peace. The indwelling spirit, whereby we are sealed as well, talks about the fruit of the spirit being love, joy, peace. peace. And so peace really is so important and is the gift that God has given to us. But it does not take long as you move down through the course of Scripture uh, and consider things that you'll find out that believers have often had trouble. Yeah, It's not an unheard of thing in Scripture. Just a cursory examination of Scripture will find some of the trouble that many times believers have engaged, and yet the peace of God will still present with them. Yeah, so as we go through our lives and our troubles and so forth, we can remember that we're not alone. Not no, alone. and it's different times. Like I've, I think, for instance, of the Thessalonian believers there in Thessalonica, uh, particularly in Second Thessalonians, and that kind of has an eschatological and end times kind of look, at least where it references uh, the, uh, the the son of perdition, that wicked one being revealed, uh, the scripture mentioned, and how he opposes himself and all. But really not even in that vein as you consider it, but in Second, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, he tells them that ye be not soon shaken in mind. That word shaken has the idea of what occurred over in Philippians chapter 16, an earthquake, you know. Yeah. And he said, don't be shaken in mind, nor be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word. And, and there's all of this that was present in the life of so many of the believers. And Paul said, I, I don't want you to be shaken in your mind. I don't want you to lose your confidence as it was. In preceding verses in chapter number one, he mentions a number of this. Uh, even all the way back into verse number four, he talks about uh, the churches of God, their their patience and faith, and all of your persecutions and tribulations. Now, he's not talking about an end-time thing there. He's talking about the fact that the church at Thessalonica had legitimate persecutions and times of great trouble, times of, of, uh, of difficulty that exist in their life. Uh, particularly in verse 6, he says that it's a righteous thing with God to recompense, that is to avenge in one sense, tribulation to them that trouble you. He uses that word again in verse 7. And to those who are troubled, rest with us. The word trouble, it has the idea to to create uh, almost a groove into. Uh, there's been great affliction that had happened upon them in their ministry because of the cause and for the work of Jesus Christ, they experienced this. And yet Paul's admonition, Paul's prayer to them was that they'd have rest. Yeah. Just peace. resting exactly the peace and presence of the Almighty God. And these are just some of the, the outset phrases, just a cursory view of Second Thessalonians. But there are other places I, I think of the great hymn of security. In Romans chapter number 8, we often think of verse 28, you know, we know that all things work together, yeah. the good of them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And yet the context of Romans chapter 8, verse 28, is not talking about the good things in life, as we might, you know, some folks might quote that and say, look, I know it works together. It's a good thing. 
It's a good thing that, that uh, I buy this car. That's a good thing. It's a good thing that I have this house. It's a good thing. It's a good thing I take this vacation. And I'm not arguing those are good things, but the context of the verses is actually talking about sufferings and groanings of this life. Seriously. He's talking about trouble that exists. Yeah. In verse 35, he starts it out with, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I mean, there, and then shall tribulation. Yeah, that pressing, as a tribulation has that idea pressure. of, of pressures pressure. that exist. Distress. Think of a narrow place. That's what that word's referring what's to. That, what's the old adage we use between a rock and yeah. a hard place? Yeah. Distress. That's where, that's where they're at. You're in great distress. Yeah. And then we have persecutions. Are persecutions going to separate us from the love of God? Uh, famine. No food. You're hungry. Um, nowhere to find food. Nakedness. Think of no clothing. You don't have anything to, no no shirt on your back. Peril, danger, the sword, punishment, all these things. For as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for a slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Go on and read verse 38 because he's going to talk about some more things. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, and as he, as all these things are listed, we'll say, well, no, those are none of the things that are going to uh, cause me to be separated from God's love. But you're going to be faced with those. Yeah. In keeping, even the Apostle Paul was faced with such level of great demonstrative struggles in life. I think of Philippians chapter 4, that in this series, we've seemed to have gone several times to Philippians, but in chapter 4, he said, I know how to be abased. I know how to suffer need. That was the whole context of verse number, was it? I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things. He's he's not talking about winning a basketball game or running a mile or things of that nature, which yet it is God that empowers one to do that. He's talking about, I can endure the sufferings and trials of life. Why? Because he'll give of his power and spirit in order for us to be enabled to do so. And the same is true as it comes to these tribulations and distresses and persecutions. But if you look at the Apostle Paul's ministry, I think of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he talks about having the treasure within him, that is, uh, in part the gospel and in person Jesus Christ. He said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And by earthen vessels, He's likening that into our physical flesh. Uh, And he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the agency of the power may be of God and not of us. Then he's going to move. We're troubled on every side. That idea of trouble, it has the idea of crowded about. It has the idea of being afflicted. Uh, The idea of being in that strait, as it were. He said, while I'm having that experience on every side, I'm not distressed. Uh, that is, I'm not hemmed in to where I have no option at all. He goes on in verse 8, he said, we're perplexed. That is the idea of to be at loss. He said, but I'm not in despair. That has the idea of not in utter loss. He said, I'm persecuted. I'm caused to flee. I am pressed forward, as it were, but I'm not forsaken. That is, I have not been left Alone. I'm cast down. That has the idea of being thrown down. Yet he said, I'm not destroyed. That has the idea of being thrown away. 
bearing always in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. I'll just read one verse here down, verse 16. He said, for the which cause we faint not. That's marvelous. Here's a man that despite the persecutions, the trouble, the distress, the perplexion, all of this that's upon him, he said, I faint not. Marvelous. You know, too often we, we look at we could look at Romans chapter 8 or 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 or here in 2 Corinthians or other places. And he said, man, I just feel like quitting because this is difficult. Uh, there's some misery involved. There's some discomfort that is placed. He said, but we faint not. But though our outward man perishes, what is that? Tribulations, distress, persecutions. Oh my goodness. And it famine. does. Paul's body, he literally bore in his body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there was continual um, levels of, of injury, whether it be the beaten with rods or the stonings, that his body had those marks in it. And yet he said, I just, it perisheth. Yet the inward man, and remember, that's that spiritual mind and heart, is renewed day by day. He's going to faint not. It wasn't the cessation of tribulations. But rather, it was the constant renewal of his mind and heart. He had peace, and he saw how he might retain it, or how he might keep it. And that peace kept him, and it was far beyond the human ability to, to understand, as Philippians chapter 4 mentions. But these are just some New Testament references, really. Yeah, it's all throughout the scriptures. Psalm 42, David's disquieted soul. He says he's cast down. Yeah, why Why my soul thou cast down? Yeah. Why thou disquieted within me? Yeah, and then you have Elijah and obviously the... Yeah, he's on, all the way... On the mount. Yep, and he's distressed. He's a he, great victory first, and then... Is that word? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, great victory. You think about uh, particularly with him, uh, he is despaired even of his own life. Yeah. Uh, that's a terrible place to be. He's near fainting. Yeah. And they have Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Oh, man, the destruction of Jerusalem before him, uh, the city being destroyed. Nehemiah, you could put in there too. Yeah. You know, he was all distraught at hearing about the status of the city of God, Jerusalem. Uh, that's recorded for us in, in Jeremiah, or rather, Nehemiah chapter 1 and 2. Yeah. Daniel and yeah. the three Hebrews. Uh, well, Fire. we know we know Miss Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. Fiery furnace. Uh, even the onset in chapter number two, as they're threatened because of the inability of Nebuchadnezzar to know what his dream was and yeah. to receive a proper interpretation. Even Hosea would be be another one. Yeah, Ezekiel. The fact that we're looking through this just as a cursory glance showcases the fact that uh, problems occur. Christians have trouble in life, just like so many others. Um, there are many references of a believer that is in trouble, and their inner man is being stretched to a breaking point. But they're not forsaken. Not forsaken. And our Savior knew this, too. And I think of I, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, speaking of those prophets that were stoned, they dwelled in caves, even sawn asunder, of whom the world was not worthy. worthy. They were not forsaken. Even the Savior knew of their troubles. Over in the Gospel of John is a marvelous passage in chapter 16 and 
and later in chapter 17. In chapter 16, he says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you have tribulation, uh, tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Uh, that's a marvelous sentiment to consider that there's a peace that remains. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this years ago. I had a coworker, and um, she was talking to me about a pastor that she knew, kind of like their family pastor, but it wasn't like they had attended there much. But she, all the people that she knew that were definitely Christians in her life were these pastors and different men in ministry and their families. And she said, you know what? Those, those people have, they seem to have an extra amount of troubles in their mm. life. And, you know, I, from looking at it, from my perspective, I was seeing a lost person looking at someone that knew, they knew that that person they were looking at was a saved man, a saved family. And um, just an observation of the fact that there are troubles in this life. And in her opinion, the saved man had more troubles than the lost person. And I wonder what she would consider how the saved man dealt with all his troubles. Yeah. What what really does a indwelling spirit of God and the revealed word of God and the relationship with with uh, through Christ with the Father in heaven, what good does that do any of you? Uh, what good does that do for you at all if it doesn't gain you greater peace in a time of trouble? Yeah. I mean, if there's if you're going to be blown aside, if you're going to be ruined, if if all of that is the case, you look at that and you think, my, what doeth it? What meaneth it? But to know that this God in heaven that has saved you has promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you. The fact is that what your friend was or uh, co-worker was illustrating is the fact that, yes, the believer has a whole extra set of troubles in life. Well. Spiritual, yeah. Oh, well, John seventeen there says, the world hated them because they're not of the world. Yeah, even as I am not of the world. It's the same passage where they, uh, where the Lord in the prayer, and that's that's what John seventeen is. It's the Son's prayer in the garden. He's even praying for us uh, believers today uh, that He'll keep us. That he's not going to lose us. That we're secured in Him. And he was praying there in the world to deliver, uh, say the not, she should take him out of the world. Yeah. And she'd keep him. And the fact is that we have the opportunity and access to peace. Uh, yet, as living contemporaries, we don't have to look long and hard to find that our mind will be set to trouble. Yeah. And, you know, with certain accesses, you can just see that trouble kind of wearing a groove in our mind. Yeah, talk about the news outlets. I mean, back in September, we had uh, murder on the loose mm -hmm. here in Pennsylvania specifically. Uh, I think of financial crises, impeachments, inflation, ongoing COVID issues, just all this I mean, in the news. Yeah, weird. whether it's the truth or fact, fiction or some area in between. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's still going to wear a groove. Yeah, you know, and uh, it, it makes you kind of look a little bit for those uh, feel-good stories that used to be out. But some would look at that and say, yeah, I just, I'm not even going to watch the news anymore. Well, you know, that's not going to change any circumstances of life. Yeah. I just bring some surprises one day when the whole world's changed and you're trying to be figuring out what has occurred. Uh, yet the fact remains, the news media is just broadcasting troubles or would-be troubles. Yeah. In society. Um, but there's other troubles. Yeah. Sadness of life. Yeah. You know, you, you think about uh, 
just recently. Uh, you hear young young folks, even uh, friends of ours, you know, being diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, it's a hardship. And you look at that and you wonder why. It's a sickness, bad uh, health reports, as it were, uh, aging. Of uh, as we continue to lead in this life, we we grow older each passing day and lose ability oft with those uh, those advanced years. Uh, we think of death, uh, the loss of a loved one, a child, a mother, uh, a grandmother, an aunt, an uncle, whatever that might be. There's death, and that's a sadness of life. Even in First Thessalonians chapter four, that was the context of him sharing with them about those that are dead in Christ. First, yeah. verse eighteen, he says, "Comfort one another with these words." Cares abound, be it the plans of life, missed opportunities, unrealized dreams, failed expectations. Trouble abounds for the believer. Yeah. Yet the believer does not need to be isolated from trouble. The believer needs to be insulated by the peace of God. For that peace of God is the gift of God to those that have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not isolated, insulated. 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 Philippians chapter 4 tells us that in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we can have peace despite the abounding trouble. And this peace comes to us from the victor of all trouble, and that's Jesus Christ. Yeah. It can be as ever present as the Savior is. And it can produce in my heart and your heart and the comfort and sureness that is beyond the scope of this world's ability to understand. It passes all understanding. And that's something that's available to the believer. Yeah. Some of this come to Christ for salvation. Yeah. And so we, we've mentioned this, you know, how to have peace and keep it. Well, to have this type of peace, not a not a ceasing of trouble. Right. You, you know, they're, they're coming on. Not isolated. No. No. Insulated. Correct. To have a biblical peace. There's a series of things that we can consider in the balance of the time we have. And let's use an acrostic, P-E-A-C-E, the word peace. 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 P, think about the first consideration is the possession of the Savior. This is for believers. When the Lord said in John, my peace I give unto them, not as a world give give I unto them, let not your heart be troubled. The peace he's talking about giving is not to someone that simply knows about Christ, not just someone that knows things about the Bible. It's to someone who has received, believed, and obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those that are not believers, those that are not in Christ, are not entitled to this peace. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 uh, is an interesting phrase that it uses and opening this, and, and, and you know, in the onset of Romans, it talks about that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All humanity was born, and because of one man's sin, sin into the world, all humanity remains under the wrath of God. And because of such, he's angry with the wicked every day. And the only thing that distinguishes or separates the believer from the unsaved is the fact that the believer is at peace with God. That's what, that's what in my mind separates biblical truth, biblical Christianity from all of the religions of the world. 
All of the religions of the world see a God that is angry at them and the way in which man can appease the wrath of that God. But biblical Christianity is about that divine holy God making an exclusive way where he and man can be reconciled. Yeah, it's the work of God, not the work of man. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And later in this chapter, you know, we're going to be referred to as without strength, ungodly, sinners, enemies of God. I'm reconciled. I'm at peace with God. And that's where this peace is going to start. The greatest tribulation, I'm put it in this sense, the greatest difficulty, the biggest trouble that I have in my life is not who is sitting or residing at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. The greatest trouble in life is not rampant inflation. The greatest trouble in life is not COVID illness. The greatest trouble that I'm going to face is this matter of the wrath of God and knowing that if I die, I will be in a Christless eternity forever and ever and ever with a flame that is never extinguished. That's a great problem that I have. Yeah. But I have peace with God. Because by faith in that marvelous gospel, I have been justified. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, he, the just one, has pronounced me justified. That's where that peace starts. My, the greatest difficulty, trouble, tribulation that I would ever face has been remedied. Yeah. That is, if I had no other reason for peace, that is a great reason for peace. Absolutely. It moves beyond the possession of the Savior too. Really, the evaluation of my love. What is it now that I'm going to love? Last week, I think it was, we looked at, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, uh, with all thy mind, and with all, with all thy strength, I believe, as Mark said. And uh, Throughout the scriptures, you'll find that. But understanding that now, because I am in Christ Jesus, I'm part of the family of God. Yeah, there's a relationship that's there. Yeah. Romans 8, I'm an heir with him. I'm a son through adoption. As much as I must recognize now that because I'm in that position, there is now an important responsibility I have to walk in the spirit and not after the things of this world. So be careful. Colossians tells me in chapter three, set your affections. Things above. Yeah, what are your affections? Yeah. What are your affections? It's what you love. And it's so easy to love the things of this world. Yeah. Uh, to love them and not necessarily always in some grand intentional, sometimes it's an unintentional way, but because that love is warming in my life now, I'm giving greater attention to that than I am greater attention to the Savior who gave all to me. Yeah. In our last podcast, we last week, we talked about having a singleness of heart and a singleness of eye and mind. And as we evaluate our love, are we singly walking with the Lord? Yes. What What are they? If we're been risen, if we are risen with Christ, uh, there around verse three or four of Colossians chapter three, he says, "When Christ, who is our life, who is our life, that that is marvelous." Because how often could it really be said that Christ is my life? Yeah. How many days out of the year? Yes, and you know, some might would be rampant to exclaim it that way. Well, he's everything to me. But really, if they would be honest in the examination of their life, he's everything to them as long as they get everything they want. Right. 
And that is not the position that the Apostle Paul is taking. That is not the position of Scripture. The position of Scripture is he is all and everything else is secondary to him. He is preeminent above all. Yeah. And so part of this piece is it's a possession of the Savior, but it's an evaluation that is required in our life. A third one, and we read Romans chapter 5, so it reminds us of this in one sense. There's the level of an access to God. Yeah, the A for access. Yes. There's go- Look, there's going to be trouble. What am I going to do? I've got to use the great avenue that God has given me, and that is the avenue of prayer. Yeah. Coming boldly into the throne of grace. Yeah, what? just the thought of that and consideration of that. You know, we come and we pray. We ought to pray every day. And but as we just, consider, just, just, just as once we, a day, multiple times, pray without ceasing. <laughs> yeah, start out and don't stop till the end of your day. Um, but as we just consider prayer, such a great avenue, such a great gift that God has given us. That not only has He saved us, but yet that relationship we have with Him it's continual. And as we look at access to God, we have as much access as we choose to take advantage of. Yeah, I think of Romans 8, he he talks about the Spirit praying for us, the Spirit that helpeth our infirmities. Yeah. What what consideration this great God, insomuch that I as a believer, I'm thinking of Philippians chapter number 4, that I as a believer now come boldly, I cast all my cares upon him, and my cares really should not be highlighted in my complaints. That's really why I believe we shouldn't embrace uh, the tried and true yet failed logic of murmuring and complaining. Mm. If I have a sovereign God that cares for me and I have been obedient in singleness of heart to him, then what has fallen out to me is obviously right in the presence of what God can use in my life. In Philippians chapter 4, I'm to in everything. Give thanks. Well, in everything by prayer and supplication with, with thanksgiving. thanksgiving. Let my request be made known unto God. You know, I'm thinking of Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas in the prison singing praises yeah. at midnight. Imagine the shock that was to everyone in the prison. I, I, can, t- I can tell you this. They weren't on anything, but they were insulated by the peace of God. Yeah, They were not there as evildoers. They were not there for a sin they had committed. They were there for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because they were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, they now were being punished, experienced tribulation, but they were right where God wanted them to be. Yeah. And so they could have been sitting there, oh, Silas, man, these chains. I told you not to say that. (laughs) These chains hurt. Yeah. Access to God, a constant opportunity that we have. P, possession. Of the Savior, E, evaluation of love, A, access to God, letter four, or I should say the fourth letter, C, a consideration of Christ. I love the book of Hebrews, consider Christ. Yeah. When times of trouble arise, or I, when they arose in the time of our Lord, what was his response? He prayed. He submitted to the will of the Father. Not my will, but thine be done. That's right. Oft times a man in the wilderness pray, not my will, thine be done. And I think of Hebrews chapter number 12. He continued. He continued, despising the shame. What an example 
he was and how you and I ought to behave in that matter. Trouble and trials come upon us. Let us with the same type of joy, the same avenue of prayer, the same focus of the will of God, continue. Be steadfast, unmovable, setting our affections on things above and not on this world and enduring the cross, despising the shame. This is a great matter of the Christian life. The trouble that we're facing, uh, we have a continual presence of peace that is available to us. Consider Christ. That is one avenue that will allow your peace to remain. So P, possession. E, evaluate. A, access. C, consider. And then E. Every day. E, the big E. Every day. See, I think that is sometimes a problem. We think, well, I did that once. Yeah. Such and such occurred. Well, yeah, I prayed about well, it once. You know, came down, the walked down to the altar, you know, yep. commit, committed my life to Christ. I prayed about this once that's, or twice. That's a good thing. Yes. But it needs to be continual. But it's an everyday. If the problems come every day. Then the committal needs to be The committal day. needs to be every day. Yeah. Tie it to the horns of the altar. Every day, allow the gift of God's peace to work. That's how this process goes. It is an everyday commitment. Every day, Lord, give me victory in this life, obedience to the scriptures, believing what God said about a matter, seeing it committed to obedience, and the peace will be present. You can't switch the order up. Yeah, You got to know what God says, a resolution to believe it, a commitment to obey it, and the peace will come, and the joy will be present evermore. Sometimes we want to reverse it. We want to say, well, if I get the peace, then I'll do. Yeah. But that is not the biblical means by which it must be engaged. You can't reverse the order. You must, as we spoke just a few episodes, you must think about what God said. You must obey what God has said. And then Then enjoy the the blessings of obedience. Episode 36. Episode 36. And the exercise of life will bring the gift of God's peace to full fruit in our life. Everyday commitment. Well, let's close here with this verse out of John chapter 14, verse 27. The scriptures say, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And with that, friends, we want to thank you for joining with us for another exciting season. We've enjoyed looking at the mind. And as we sign off for the year, because we look forward to catching you next year, we hope that you too will have a victorious mind through the work that God has done for us. Please reach out to us. Until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye for now.